Good morning, Forrest. Um, let's open in a word of prayer. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me this week to really meditate on your word and to try to understand it on a deeper level. Please speak through me as I share this morning and help us all to truly appreciate the depth of your sacrifice and love for us a little more. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I actually feel a little bit lucky because um, like Pastor Paul said, Romans is so hard. Um, and the first few chapters so far of Romans have had a lot of kind of doom and gloom, as you know. Um, we talk a lot about human sin and responsibility. Um, and I know Suman the other day, he was assigned a passage um, talking about God's wrath. Um, but today uh, we get to see kind of a distinct change and a glimmer of hope. Um, and I get to talk about God's amazing grace. So I got lucky. Um, so let's read the passage for today. Um, it's from Romans 3, uh, 21 through 30. Uh, Romans 3, 21 through 30. Righteousness through faith. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires works? No, because the law because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. So there is so much packed into all these verses, obviously. Um, so I'm gonna focus mostly on verses 21 through 24, which is almost a mini gospel in itself. Um, so in the verses prior to 20, prior to verse 21, um, we talked about how there's no one righteous, not even one from Romans 3.10. We also talked about how no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. And that was in the verse right before. So Romans 3.20. So, so far, um, Paul is describing a very bleak situation for mankind. No one can live a life worthy of God's righteousness, no matter how closely they follow the letter of the law. But verse 21 changes everything and finally introduces the good news. But now, so those are the very first two words in the beginning of verse 21, and they're, they're important words, but now. They represent a turning point, and Paul is revealing now a solution to man's sin. The but now is almost a sigh of relief that we are not doomed. There's a path to the righteousness of God that is apart from the law. So I feel like I've kind of had a skewed understanding of the word righteousness, um, I think I associate it more with behavior. So someone who does the right thing morally and behaves the right way is righteous. Or someone who is self-righteous is someone who feels morally superior. And it's kind of almost a negative connotation. Um, and I think that's the human view of righteousness or kind of human righteousness. Um, and I've learned that godly righteousness has less to do with behavior and more to do with who you are. So it's the quality of um, being right in the eyes of God having the right character, um, and it's based upon God's standards. So 
It's an attribute, it's an attribute that no man can obtain through our own efforts. Um, verse 21 also emphasizes that this righteousness is apart from the law because it is not something that can be earned. Um, it is a gift, that godly righteousness, it's a gift. And it's also not new. So it says, um, to which the law and the prophets testify, because this concept was actually also found in the Old Testament as well. And I'm not going to dig into all of that, but um, it, it, you know, referenced it in the Old, Old Testament. Um, it was just more clearly explained and exemplified um, here in the New Testament. So um, how do we obtain this godly righteousness? Let me reread the first part of verse 22. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So if you notice, um, the verse focuses on the person, Jesus Christ, so faith in the person. It doesn't say righteousness is given to you if you like Jesus' teachings or follow his work, um, but it's the person. So the gift of righteousness involves, um, one, a relationship with Jesus. The other thing to note is that in some versions of the Bible, um, um, it says faith in Jesus. So the one I read, the um, NIV, says faith in Jesus, and others say through the faith of Jesus. I think maybe King, King James Version. Um, I almost think it's both. I, I think there's some debate on which it is. I, I, it, to me, it's kind of both because none of this would be possible if Jesus wasn't faithful and obedient to the Father. But it's also not, it's also not possible without our personal faith in Jesus. So it's the faith of Jesus and faith in Jesus. So we're being, we're being offered this gift of righteousness through faith in, through our faith in Jesus. Um, and someone once said, you know, God is offering us this gift and faith is like the hand that we use to take the gift. So, I mean, gifts can be offered, but it, they can't be used until they're taken. So if we take this gift through faith, that's when it becomes effective in our lives. And we're given this gift of godly righteousness that we can never earn on our own. Um, and that's what makes it a gift. So, um, you know, when you think about it these days, I feel like people search in this world for, for worth and like that longing to feel loved and approved by someone else. And here God is giving us this worth and acceptance um, and this type of value that can't be found in this world. Okay, so who does God offer this righteousness to? It says he offers it to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's only one God. Um, so since there's only one God, he's the God of both the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, so God's righteousness is available to all of us. Um, and it's because you know we all fall so, so short of um, God's glory. So I read um, John Stott in his book, The Message of Romans. Um, he quotes Bishop Hanley Mool, Mool, um, who says, the harlot, the liar, the murderer are short of God's glory, but so are you. Perhaps they stand at the bottom of a mine and you at the crest of an alp, but you are as, you are little, sorry, you are as little able to touch the stars as they are. So, you know, you might be so low, you might be so high compared to someone else, but we're both so far from God, um, or as the verse quotes, you know, we're, none of us are able to touch the stars. So, you know, regardless of where we are, we're still all so far from the glory of God. But all of us can be justified freely by his grace if we believe. So verse 24 says, um, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. 
So I believe um, we talked about this in Cornerstone a little bit, um, the difference between justification and sanctification, maybe Cornerstone, maybe something else. Um, but justification is uh, more of a one-time act that changes our position before God. It doesn't change our morality or character. So when we get this gift of righteousness, um, it's not like we become righteous. We are just, we're still sinners. Um, but through the redemption of Jesus, God views us as righteous. And not only views us, um, like I said in the, in the beginning, not only views us as, you know, the human righteousness that we have the understanding of, but views us having his godly righteousness, like his attribute, that, that godly righteousness that, um, you know, makes us right before God. So to me, that's crazy to think about that, you know, he can view us, um, you know, while we're still sinners as having this godly righteousness. Um, and that's only possible through his amazing grace. So in summary, um, you know, there, there's a lot more to those other verses that I'm not really going to get, get into. Um, but um, yeah, I think that was, that's the meat of it. So in summary, God made his righteousness, or I kind of think of it as almost his eternal approval of us, um, available to us, one through faith in Christ, the person, so a relationship, apart from the law, so it cannot be earned, to all who believe, regardless of status or what we know or you know what we do, who we are, and of course, um, by his grace. So that's it. Um, I know we probably all heard a lot of this many times throughout our lives, but I hope this morning was a good reminder um, or that somehow it hit differently um, for you guys like it did for me this week. So let us close in prayer. Um, Jesus, we confess that there is no righteousness in us and although we deserve your wrath, through your sacrifice, you have not only saved us, but have made us righteous in your sight. Help us to live our lives remembering your amazing grace. Amen.